You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Two hours down, one to go. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The bottom of the hour. Your phone calls? Your chance to win Blink-182 tickets. That is a real question mark on the end of that one, hey? Your phone calls? Maybe. If they're good. I'm new to broadcasting. Don't be bad. Yeah, that's broadcasting school. Mm -hmm. Don't end on a question mark. Um, Vlad Jr. said in spring training, uh, that was the trailer, this is the movie. Which movie best describes the 2022 Blue Jays? Uh, 960-960 on the text line, or you can call us. Also, sure. Um, that Blue Jays meltdown on Saturday. What's the Flames equivalent to that? Two questions. Yeah, nine sixty nine sixty on the text line. Name and location, please. And uh, we have our winner from the uh, pick segment. Yes, uh, this past week, uh, Brendan and Cochran. That'd be Brendan. Uh, picked me, and I and I won this week. Great. Um, yeah. I roll for you. Uh, so we're we're sending Brendan uh, the the beautiful Glenn Hanlon photo where he's adjusting his stuff with his his jock. Right. Yeah, uh, and then like uh, producer Patrick Dumas like, oh, can you know? Let's sign let's him, write him a card. Note. It's on a post-it note. It's on like, a post-it note. It's not note, anything really. special. It's like, can we not? Note. Do we not have official Sportsnet 960 letterhead we can use and just type it out <laughs> for sure? No. <laughs> hey, hey, Brendan, congrats <laughs> on the win, and we'll sign it. Best wishes. I'll make one up, and we can sign it. I'll okay, thank it you. Okay. Yeah, like, instead of a post-it instead note, a post-it. I like the post-it note. <laughs> You know what's funny is that could have got in there. Hey, he could have opened it and had no, no idea listen, that we even wrote him a listen, note. Listen, that's two letters stuff. short of class. <laughs> that's what that is. All right. Flames kick off their season. I signed it and everything already. I know you did. You'll like, sign this one again. You have to sign it again. Uh, the Flames kick off their season um, <sighs> Thursday against the Stanley Cup champion Avalanche. Uh, lots going on over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, well, Mackenzie Weger signed an extension. Daryl Sutter signed an extension. The roster was finalized yesterday. And we might even get a captain. Like, there's a lot going on right now with the Calgary Flames to join us to talk about all those things. Rick Ball, the play-by-play voice on Sportsnet for the Calgary Flames. Rick, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm terrific. How are you guys doing? We're good. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, Rick, I'm going to ask you that question about the uh, the meltdown for the Flames. What's the equivalent? But we'll do that later on so I, it has time to marinate with you. Is that all okay? Right. I'm marinating. Okay, good. Uh, it's marinating. I'm, I'm, you think you think we're getting a captain today? Is that going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I, I've heard the rumors, but I, I haven't heard anything concrete. We'll see. They played last season without one. Haven't had one since Gio left um, to go to Seattle. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens and who it might be if they wind up naming a, naming a captain. There are certainly plenty of good candidates, I tend to think Chris Tanev might be a guy that would get some serious consideration. Somebody like Backlund, Lindholm. You know, do you put the C right on Huberto's chest immediately? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, A, that they're going to do it, and B, if they do, who it'll be. But uh, um, hockey's an interesting sport. It's the, you know, people don't think too much about captains in other sports like they do in hockey. I think the fact that you advertise who the, you know, the alpha dog is in the room with a letter on the jersey uh, attracts a little more attention, but they seem to have a pretty good season last year without having a captain. So, um, you know, the guys in the room know who the leader is. Right. There's, you know, it, does, it doesn't take the uh, sewing, a, sewing a letter on a sweater to, uh, for them to finally decide who the guy is who, you know, who controls the room. So whether they do or not, I don't think it'll be a huge issue because uh, the, the leader's, 
the natural leaders are, right. you know, have control anyway, regardless. And, and everything, what you just said, a lot of people will say maybe it's overrated to have a captain or it's underrated, but isn't really the main job here, Rick, is just to be the, the mouthpiece of the team towards the media for big wins and like sometimes heartbreaking losses? Yeah, and to the coaching staff as well. I think there's, a, the, you're right, A, the, that's the first guy you run out, um, win or lose, to talk to the media. And it's also the guy who's sort of the liaison between the players and the room and the coaches. Uh, those are the two big things that also talking to the referee, but you have to be on the ice to do that. So uh, that's why you have the, you know, the alternate captains as well. So we'll see. I'm not uh, overly concerned about that. I'm just looking forward to what should be a very exciting season with so many changes this year. Um, I can't wait for it to get going on Thursday. I, you know, this, this team could wind up being better than it was a year ago, but until we see a play out on the ice, we don't know for sure. So there's a lots of, there are plenty of question marks and lots of drama going into the season for Flames fans, and that makes my job that much easier because uh, it's going to be an exciting first month with all those home games especially. I played nine of the first ten at home, so uh, I can't wait to get going. And you've got a good finger on the pulse here around town. Like, Do you feel like there's maybe a little bit of nervousness, um, anxiety, or just pure excitement to get this thing going? Because I'm very much like you. I'm excited to see what the changes are, but at the same time, every time... Or not every time, but in instances where you kind of airdrop players in, it doesn't always work. So there's some questions that need to be answered. That is a totally fair comment, and and you're right. Sometimes it doesn't work. You think, you know, it's like a recipe. You think if I put these ingredients together, it's going to taste terrific, and then you bake it, and it tastes like crap. I don't think that's going to be the case here because uh, the Flames still have some really good players back. They lost some, you know, two of their Two of their, their three uh, players on the top line it was one of the best number one lines in the entire National Hockey League last year. So now, granted, you replace one of them with Jonathan Huberto, uh, who was terrific as well, and Ty Johnny Gadrone points. So he's a great player. But how does it all come together? How long does it take? That's the other thing. I talk a lot about this with Kelly Rudy. You know, when you go to a new team, it takes a while to adjust. Now, the fact that this happened in the offseason, they've had a chance to settle into Calgary, a training camp, preseason games should Help that a bit. I think when trades happen in the middle of the season, sometimes there's, uh, you know, it takes a few weeks or even longer for players to get used to their new team and teammates and tendencies and all that stuff. So it might be an easier transition because they were able to do it with all the things that go before the season. Um, but having said that, you don't really know until you see it play out on the ice. And that's why I think fans are so excited. And your question about what my sense is around town, I think people are really, really interested in this team this year. You know, it was such a roller coaster ride emotionally in the summertime to do what Brad tree living did under those circumstances um, was nothing short of remarkable. And now let's get to work and see how it looks. Now, one of the storylines of camp has been the absence of Oliver <laughs> Shillington and just how that kind of will affect the blue line for opening day. Unsure on the timeline for him to return. And we really do wish him all the best, but it leaves some questions. There's the five regulars. There's Connor Mackey. There's Nicholas Malosh. What do you believe, or how do you feel about this blue line for the Calgary Flames? It's got to be better than last year, is it not? Well, Weir's an upgrade. I mean, I loved Eric Branson. Don't get me wrong. I thought he brought, he laid it on the line every night. He was a terrific third pairing defenseman. He's tough. You know, stood up for teammates. He did a lot of things well, and you know, parlay that into a four million dollar year contract in Columbus. So. God bless him. Good for him. He's, you know, it wouldn't have made sense to bring him back at that price point, but then you make a trade and bring in Mackenzie Weger, who's 
potentially a top pairing defenseman, um, they're better on the blue line. Obviously, Shillington not starting the season as a is a hole for sure. Hopefully, he's back sooner than later. Um, but I think their blue line is at least on paper better than it was a year ago. And the other area I think the Flames have really improved is down the middle with Kadri. You know, he talked to Daryl Sutter about those teams that he coached at LA that won those Stanley Cups. And the first thing he'll talk about is their depth down the middle. He said he could roll any line, any of his four lines against any other line they were playing against and never worry about it because their strength at center was so good. So that's an area that the Flames have upgraded as well. You know, you put Kadri as your number two, and then you stick Backlund as your number three center, and one, two, three punch down the middle is better than it was a year ago. You think about at the end of last season in the playoffs, they had Callie Yarncroke and Trevor Lewis playing center on their third and fourth lines. Those guys are wingers. Um, so they've improved in areas that, um, you know, I think blue line was already a strength. It's better. Center might have been an area you looked at as a weakness last year. That's a big improvement down the middle. And um, on paper, like I said earlier, the games are played on the ice, but on paper, they should be a better team because of that. Rick Ball is the television voice for the Calgary Flames for Sportsnet. Joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. How long do you think the leash is for Tyler Toffoli on the top line with Huberto and Lindholm? Um, that's a good question. I think, you know, Daryl Sutter is not afraid to make changes, but I think he's going to give it a, a bit of a go here because again, like I talked about right off the top, there's an adjustment period when you add new players into the mix. So Huberto's trying to figure those guys out to Foley's didn't play with Lindholm last season. So we'll see how it all works. You watch it practice to Foley's on the top power play as well. So my guess is they play together for, you know, at least the first few weeks and see how it goes. Um, but uh, at the same time, wouldn't surprise me at all if you see some more experimentation. Does a guy like Andrew Bajrapani get a chance to play up there? You know, he had a big year last year scoring goals and really never had any top power play time or top line time. So that guy's got a knack for putting the puck in the net. So perhaps at some point he gets a shot with those guys. But, um, you know, how long does Defoley get? Unless it's a complete disaster right out of the shoot. I think he gets a few weeks at least before, uh, before they pull the shoot if it's not working. If it is, obviously, you keep running with it. Now, one of the intriguing things about this team is kind of that right side, right where Tyler Toffoli is expected to play. Brad Treleving was on with Jeff Merrick on his show on Monday, and one of the things that Brad Treleving talked about was, yeah, we're still looking to tweak if we could upgrade and add something uh, to that forward group. We certainly would, but if Dylan Dubé is able to take a big step and be that guy to maybe play with Kadri and Mangiapane, that would certainly alleviate a lot of um, perhaps stress and pressure on the general manager to go out and, and add something else for this team. I guess just a thought on what Dylan Dubé could be this season. Yeah, I like that line in the preseason when I saw them. I thought they looked pretty good together, so we'll see how it works. Um, Dubé's a guy, I think, set to take a big step forward this year as well. And if he does, you're right, that takes a lot of the pressure off to try and plug a hole on the right side. It seems like we've been talking about right wing on this team ever since I've been here. This is going to be my ninth season calling flame game. So uh, this is a recurring theme, but um, you know, as much as we focused, we focused on that because that has been an area where they've been trying to improve. You know, I think the bigger problem last season was down the middle. And like we talked about with Kadri and that signing, I think they've fixed that hole in a big way this off season. So, you know, you're never, no team is perfect. I mean, even the Colorado Avalanche had areas. I'm sure they felt they needed to be better and we're still able to put it all together and win a cup. It would be one of the favorites again this year, uh, despite the fact they've lost a key piece in Cadre leaving. So, um, yeah, so I think that's probably a fair comment, but if Dylan Dubé, you know, takes a big step forward, you're right. That does take a lot of the pressure off that try and have, you know, in terms of tree living, wanted to add something 
Um, you know, if you can find it inside your organization already, um, that's always the better path for sure. Uh, it's definitely been a tumultuous few months here in Calgary, uh, very roller coaster up and down. Uh, is the Daryl Sutter extension the <laughs> least surprising thing uh, to come out of Calgary the last few months here, Rick? Well, I, I, I wouldn't say it's not surprising only because I didn't know what his intentions were, but I was pretty mm. confident that he was feeling the, feeling the juice again uh, last year with the sex, success that they had. And, you know, Daryl Sutter's got a ton of energy and, you know, it would be up to him, right? I think the organization would love to have him back. It's not a surprise that they wanted him to do it. It was, and it's not a surprise that he wanted to sign an extension. I just didn't know where his, where his head was at, but uh yeah, he, he's done a terrific job. And, and, you know, getting back to what we were talking about right at the start, guys, about trying to fit new guys into your team with so many changes in the offseason, how long that will take for them to settle in and find their groove. The one thing for sure is that Daryl Sutter will get their attention. And early on, he'll have this team focused on the task at hand. That's one of the things he's terrific at. So, you know, if there's any coach in the league that can take a bunch of new guys and integrate them into the system, have them focused and playing the right way. It's him. So having him behind the bench, I think could help maybe iron out some of the wrinkles that you would have with a bunch of new guys in your lineup. So, you know, I think it was a, obviously a smart move for the organization. He won the Jack Adams trophy last season. And I don't think it was even a contest, quite frankly, he was, uh, he did a great job with a team that, you know, wasn't particularly good the year before and took a major step forward last year. So, to sign him to another couple of years after this season makes a ton of sense for everybody. And um, obviously he's got the bug again. And um, that's great for Calgary fans because I think he's a terrific coach. Well, and the most encouraging thing, if you are a fan is that it is a multi-year extension because for me, Daryl Sutter said it pretty black and white when he rejoined the Calgary flames, this wasn't going to be a situation where he came in and he helped with a rebuild. Like he had one goal and that's to win the Stanley cup and win it for the Calgary franchise. So when you see him sign for multi-year as a fan, you got to say, okay, this is great. Not only do we have all these core pieces locked in that Brad Trilliven has acquired, but now the coach is in and it feels like we're going to be competitive for not just one season, not just a one-off here, but it feels like for the next few years, this is going to be a team that's going to challenge. And that might be another silver lining to the, the extension as a whole. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if Daryl Sutter, like I, the other thing it says, I think is that he likes what he sees, right. In terms of this hockey team. Um, and I, I'm sure like, most head coaches, he had a lot of input and talked to Brad a lot of when they were trying to make deals and um, with some of the, you know, the, the trades that they made in the signings in the summertime. And I think, I think the other thing that it suggests is that Daryl Sutter is impressed with what they put together in terms of players. Like if he didn't feel this team was going to be any good for the next couple of years, do you think he'd want to resign? Maybe he might, but uh, at the same time, I think that does indicate in a big way that he's pretty impressed with what they've been able to put together in terms of players and has a, has a strong feeling they could be a, you know, a really good team again. So, um, you know, that's the underlying message that I think I get from this signing is that Daryl Sutter likes what they've got, and uh, that should be an encouraging uh, message for fans in Calgary. Uh, Rick, we know this team is under a microscope in this city. What's <laughs> what's the underrated storyline you have your eye on as we head to the season opener on huh. Thursday? That's interesting. What's the under, like the sort of the, yeah, the not obvious one? Good question. Um uh, this uh, that would be obvious. I was going to say maybe Markstrom's workload. I don't see them reducing Ooh, it a ton this year, but okay. uh, maybe a little bit, um, especially the way it ended last season. And I'm not saying that I know this to be a fact because he loves to play, right? But um, um, and and you know I'm sure 
if you talk to the coaching staff and Adarrell, if he's healthy, he's playing as often as possible. But does Dan Bladar get a few more starts this year? Perhaps. Um, the other thing is the schedule. They play nine of ten at home to start, and then nine of the next eleven on the road. And sometimes you think, oh, it's great, you get to get at home and get into a groove, but. There are lots of people in hockey that think, especially with a bunch of new faces, that getting out on a road trip is actually good, right? You stay focused on the task. You're not distracted by all the things you are when you're at home. Um, you're able to just concentrate on playing hockey. So the fact they don't play a road game, other than that one game in Edmonton on Saturday, right? They, that's a quick trip up and back. The rest of the games for the entire month and the first week of November are all at Saddledome. So, um, I, I, you know, it could be good. We'll see how it plays out, mm. but uh you know, there are lots of, it's, it's funny. You hear this sometimes and it's a bit of a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. Sometimes when a team's in a bit of a funk, you talk to coaches and they go, yeah, we need to get out on the road. And, uh, and sometimes a road trip's a good thing. Now they have a ton of road games in November. So um, that might be exactly what the doctor ordered after playing, you know, nine of their first 10 at home. Uh, Rick, we know that uh, heading into the season, predictions are a big thing. Uh, give me your top three in the Pacific Division, and is there any other playoff teams outside of that top three? Do you see a wild card coming out of the Pacific Division? How do you think it shakes itself out? Tough to say. Like somebody asked me about, I was on with Pat a few weeks ago, and, and he was asking me about that. So I think the Oilers and the and the Flames are still the two top teams in the division. Um, you know, LA was a bit of a surprise last year. Do they still hang on to that third spot, or does Vancouver maybe? That's a question mark to me. Does, are the Canucks going to be able to continue the momentum they got after they made the coaching change, right? They had a really good second half of the season. It wasn't quite enough to get them in, but are they able to get over the hump with Bruce Boudreaux as coach from the start of the season? So that's the one that I'm keeping my eye on. Can the Canucks manage to squeak in? Um, I, I mean, I haven't broken it down enough and done, <laughs> done enough analysis to figure out one of the teams in the Pacific might grab one of the wild card spots. Not sure, but to me, that's the question mark: is will Vancouver be able to overtake LA, especially with Woodrow there from the start of the season? Because he did a great job when he when he took over, and they were rolling. Just didn't have enough runway to to catch the Kings. So um, that's the one thing for me I want to keep an eye on this this season in the division. But I think the Flames and the Oilers, you know, I mean, is there any reason to think they won't be one and two? Um, right. Probably not, because they, if anything, they both improved. I think Edmonton, you know, still has those terrific players up front um you know Connor mcdavid can single-handedly win games and then if you're an Oilers fan is skinner an upgrade or is uh, pardon me is campbell an upgrade in goal mm. or mike smith i would probably say yes so um they're going to be a really good team again this year too so those are my the top two teams in the division and um and then you got la and vancouver battling out for the third spot would be my guess well outside of the of the flames the, the golden knights are the most fascinating team right how they're going to try to keep this thing together, how they can manage the salary cap and who the hell is going to stop pucks for them. Right. Well, that's a huge problem, right? Like, you know, I mean, Robin Miner had a lot of issues last season. He put on a ton of weight. He was injured. Um, so you've got a big question mark at the most important position. I don't know. We'll see, but you're right. They are fascinating. So, you know, it, it's interesting with that franchise. Like they, the way that their first, what, four years in the league played out, I don't think is the way anybody expected it to play out, including them. So they had to change strategy on the fly that first year when they realized, hey, we're good. Um, I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen. And now does the fact that they were in a win-now mode from day one, or not, I shouldn't say day one, maybe day 60 when they realized that they were for real, um, you know, are they set up to start having some issues now? Like, that's my question, right? They, uh, they went all in. It was the right move, <clears throat> but 
Um, at some point, you're going to pay the piper, and I'm wondering if that points now. Um, okay, Rick, it's that time in the interview. Uh, I laid it out for you on Front Street there at the beginning. Um, <laughs> what, 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 give me the Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays blew that 8 1 lead in the fifth inning. Yeah. An absolute playoff meltdown debacle. What's the Flames equivalent, Rick Ball? Oh, gosh. To that. Do you have one? Or do you want to go, what's, I... or what's the movie that best describes the 2022 movie. Blue Jays? After Vlad Jr. famously said uh, in spring training, last year was the trailer, this year is the movie. That movie. Maybe the Hindenburg? <laughs> oh, the humanity! Huh. Yeah, okay. I'm sure a lot of Toronto fans were shouting, oh, the humanity at their TV sets. Like, I think maybe Titanic, but the thing is that Titanic took a long time to sink, right? <laughs> the Hindenburg was just like, kaboom! Just up in flames in the blink of like everything was going great. They're sailing across the Atlantic. People are drinking, you know, champagne on the, you know, all these rich people in their top hats and three piece suits and, you know, ballroom gowns enjoying the good life. And then all of a sudden, you know, just a huge ball of fire. That would, to me, represent okay. maybe most effectively the, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, quick fact on the Hindenburg here, Rick, because I know our listeners really care about the Hindenburg and facts yeah. about it. Did you know that the Hindenburg actually had a smoking room? Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> hmm. a thing, a, a, a flying airship built out of hydrogen that essentially is a giant bomb had a smoking room in the middle of it. I didn't know that we had the world's foremost Hindenburg expert hosting the morning show. Well, now this is exciting. I, I wish I was uh, because uh, who who hasn't had dreams of piling a zeppelin, Rick Ball? Yeah. Everyone's actually had those dreams. <laughs> I, I can't fire up a dart when I fill my car up with gas. How do they have a smoking room on the bloody That's right. Chamber? And no, everybody was okay with that. Oh, just don't yeah, worry. Well, if this thing lights, we're all going to die a horrible death, but it'll be quick. But I still yeah. got to get my smoke in. But look, listen, we're up yeah. here for two hours. I got to yeah. get a dart in. Yeah. What are you talking no about? No kidding. Uh, Rick Ball. I can't, I can't think of a comparable Flames game. The one I, because I was calling it, was the fourth game against Anaheim in the playoffs a few years ago, and it kind of unraveled and. Brian Elliott, God bless him, <laughs> really like two of the worst goals I've ever seen in. Um, <clears throat> now, they were already down 0-3 in that series, so um, it wasn't like the, you know, the, the Flames were on the verge of clinching, but um, that, that, that one was kind of a kick in the nether regions for sure. Uh, other sports, though, I would say, obviously, the Atlanta Falcons blowing the Super Bowl oh, against the three, no question. Yeah. That one is, that's, prob- that's the all-time. That the worst. Yeah, because yeah. it's the and the Falcons haven't recovered since. No, no, and those are one of those franchise changing losses that I don't know if they'll ever recover from. Uh, Rick Ball, the television uh, voice for the Flames on Sportsnet. Rick, terrific stuff. Thanks for this. All right, kids, good talking to you. Okay. Enjoy the season. Uh, we we absolutely will. Thanks for this. Cheers. Bye. Um, yeah, he's Smoking back. I'm so H- excited. Yeah. Smoking room on the Hindenburg. <laughs> um. Yeah. Just makes absolutely no sense. But you got to get your you got to get your Patrick Dumas. You got to get your pack yeah. of Dumas in that smooth Carolina smoke. Um, season kicks off on Thursday. Everyone's excited. Um, I think we're gonna send. We send him out earlier out yeah. in the streets. Yeah, do a streeter. So I think we should send out technical director Alex Brody, who's definitely like he's he can't wait to get out there with a the microphone and talk to the people of Calgary, geared up about the flames, ready to go. Um, you've you've given a couple locations where there's some character mm. that Alex could potentially. Maybe we park you in front of a mall. There's, there's a, a mall right here, right? Yeah, there's the walking mall, Stephen Ave, which is kind of a uh, yeah, sure. And you're like, hey, can I? This is the core. 
Yeah, the core is right there. Mm -hmm. I went there uh, this weekend. Were you, what you, Simon's? No, I went to the Bay. Bought mm -hmm. Love Simon's. Oh, yeah, Simon's. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, bought some stuff. Uh, maybe we send you to the core, the food court there. The McDonald's? Sure. Oh. Like wherever Ooh, you... Stevens have McDonald's. <laughs> That's bold. Like I uh I just want to make sure you're you're safe, but I also want to okay, get some radio gold. Because like not. I'm I'm conflicted here. No, but I'm conflicted. Like I want Alex's safety, uh, but I also want good content for the show. Listen, we're so not it's like ah, Downtown yeah, isn't like that sketchy, David meme. <laughs> it's the Larry David meme. Yeah, I'm like, ah, Alex I, risking his life. Good content for the show. Uh, yeah. Like I said, if he goes during the daytime, he'll be fine. There will be adults around. There will be other people paying attention. It's it's the wee okay. hours of the morn that right. you have okay. to be cautious. After the show, have he should go. Have your wits about you. Yeah, after the show, he should go. Sure. And do it. I'm going to have a nap so, instead. But. So what's the question? Do you want to say, like, what is the question we want to ask to our listeners? Because Thursday was, uh, what's your Flames watching ritual? Like, how do you watch the Flames? Yeah. Is it how do you watch the season opener or just how do you watch the Flames in general? I think it's how do you watch the Flames. Okay. Because season opener, I think people change. I don't know if the, maybe it is a annual tradition type of thing for a lot of people. Right. But for the most part, it's like during the week and stuff like that. So I think it's more general. Okay. Let's, let's get Let's get the... The umbrella yeah. out and get some ideas here. Yeah, let's see the uh, some of the content mm -hmm. Alice can generate for us on Thursday because Thursday's a big day. Kicking off the season, uh, we'll have a streeter. I love that. It's so broad. It's still broadcasting school too because I had to go to um, a sketchy mall in Welland, Ontario. Nothing uh, worse. The than Seaway doing Mall. Oh, that was sketchy. Uh, Welland, by the way, the mural capital of North America. Wow. Um, yeah, a lot of murals in Welland. Really weird. Great. Uh, What's but, the best one? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, uh, Welland, uh, I had some interesting people tell me to F off when I asked them a question immediately. Yeah? But it was, you just have to go and ask. Cause, uh, you gotta, you gotta my get, question was, put your chin out there. Uh, what are the worst streets in Welland for potholes? I specifically remember my question. And they're like, yeah, back on Fifth Avenue. That's ridiculous. I blew up my... my my suspension on yeah. that, and people are getting all upset, and then they get all super nervous. Mm -hmm. But I can't wait to see what our techno director, Alex Brody, can extract from the people of Calgary. He extracts so much out of the show, like you assume yeah. it would just and if, be. And if this goes well, this could be a regular Ooh. occurrence on oh. the show. I'm not just saying, you know, just one thing. You could sponsor... Yeah. Alex hits the Alex street. In the streets. Yeah. Is Alex that what in we're the streets. It? Alex in the streets? Yeah. Brody okay. in the streets? Let's make it happen. Alex? Alex in the streets? It's like in wild streets. in the streets, but Alex in the streets. If we were in like a residential area, it'd be like Brody in the burbs, but uh, we're not in the burbs. No, mm. you're not. That's not bad, though. That's I do not like bad either, but you're not going to the burbs. No. You're mm. staying in. In the city of Calgary. We stay around this block area yeah, I here think, <laughs> on the stage. I think we got to find uh, some good quality audio. I mean, and the train's the train would probably be quite quality right there. Yeah, I'm and thinking the train, river, Stephen Ave. Like do it on the, the train. Mm -hmm. On the train. <laughs> whatever, whatever you think <laughs> is going to be better audio, and you can get it uh, from our listeners and the people of Calgary. I can't wait. So we'll do that. Ooh, Brody on the beat from the text line. Oh, Brody Ooh. on the... See? There That's what go. I'm talking about. Get Gotta your name and location on there. We nine six zero we'll nine six zero. <laughs> Shut up, idiot! Broadway Brody. We don't do that here. That's Toronto radio. Yeah. 
Why would you want to get credit for your text and where you're texting from? I don't need credit, George. Even though my number Correct. is right there. Brody, Brody on the beat is awesome. Yeah, I, I like love Brody it. On Brody on the beat. Brody on the flames beat or just Brody on the beat? Brody on the beat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thursday. It's either going to be really good or it's going to be a minute of people going, I watch what? it on my couch with my dad. Like it's I like to be... put on my jersey. Yeah. I wear my favorite hat. Yeah. I put a oh. flames uh, dog sweater on my dog, like something like that. Like it's going to sound like that. But that's okay because we're going to play it. Yeah. I don't even care if it's terrible. We're still playing it. We're going to commit to the bit even if it's bad. 100%. Oh, yeah. Alex, go. all the pressure is on you. So I like how we're sounding all these duties. So Alex, what you have to do is you have to you have to go out and risk your personal safety. And take your time. And take your time. Uh, and, and your time. You're not, you're not going to get paid for no, this for sure. God, Absolutely no, you're not, not getting paid for Actually, this. Actually, no. Just just book art if you need to. That's yeah. fine. I'll, I'll give you just give you the blessing. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> number three, uh, you have to go up there. Get the people of Calgary's, uh, get how they watch Flames games. Their Flames watching ritual. I want that. Then you have to come back, dump all the audio, edit it up, have some nice music, and make it shine. That's all you got to oh, yeah. do. It's seven things. It's that and, easy. And and we'll tweet it out on the website. And you'll tweet it out on yeah, the website. They'll, they'll be, I'll yeah, do it on video. Like, I'll have a video version of it, too, for the social media people. Uh, maybe people get a little nervous if you got their... Maybe yeah. audio just for when the first When you say one. if it's just audio, they'll be a little bit more okay. kind to saying stuff. Or maybe a video will be easier to prove in a court of law later <laughs> on. <laughs> this guy hit him here. <laughs> yeah. At least there's actual video evidence of something mm. happening. But I'm looking forward to this now. Ooh, Brody and the belt line. I like that one. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Text is... line's starting to come through. God, you're so smart. Are we going to have to send out some more cards or what? Another Glenn. I think we got another Glenn Hanlon in the hole in the holster. Yeah, but if he's if he's not, you know, checking out his holster, then yeah, is it worth it? Okay, uh, Brody on the beat. I like Brody on Brody on the beat. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. think that pops. Great job, text line. Uh, We're gonna get more from the text line straight ahead. Two questions we've asked you: that meltdown for the Blue Jays on Saturday. What's the Calgary Flames equivalent? Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. And uh, Vlad Jr. in spring training said, oh, last year was the trailer. This mm. year was the movie. Which movie best describes the 2022 Blue Jays? I'll have mine. Maddie will have his. Producer Patrick Dumas will have his. And your chance to win Blink-182 tickets. Here's the thing. They're back. You got to call in and answer one of our questions. And one of the callers will win the tickets. 403. Totally arbitrarily desi- uh, decided upon. Yeah. 403-240-4444. 403-240-4444 or star 960 on the old mobile device. There you go. Do it. Give us a shout. Yeah. Blue Jays movie or Flames playoff debacle. Bring uh, the heat. Bring the heat. Uh, you're next. You, the listeners. We love you. Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Uh, your chance to win some Blink-182 tickets. You, you got to call in, though. 403-240-4444. Or star 960 on your mobile device. We've asked you two questions today. Vlad Jr. in spring training said, Hey, last year was the trailer. 
This year's the movie for the Toronto Blue Jays. What movie best describes the 2022 Blue Jays? And man, did they gag that away. Super choke job on Saturday against the Mariners. Up 8-1 in the fifth inning. Brutal. What is the Calgary Flames equivalent to that Blue Jays meltdown? 960-960 on the text line. You can give us a call as well. Uh, 403-240-4444. And again... Hmm? To win the Blink-182 tickets, yeah. you got to call in and give us uh, an opinion on one of those things. Uh, let's get to the phone lines. No, you know what? Let's not do the phone lines. Let's get to our movies first because okay. we haven't done that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, Matty Rose, you, you said you've been marinating on this. You've yeah. been thinking about what movie best describes the 2022 Super big Blue time. Yeah. Okay, what is it? It's kind of Marvel nerdy, but hear me out on this one. Okay. Uh, listen, Thor 1, fine film. Thor 2, absolutely terrible. Thor 3, very good. So as a result, I started to get very hyped up for Thor 4 because I liked who was leading it and I liked the cast and I had seen the movie prior and I was a big fan of it and I thought they had turned a corner and everything was going well and then the film came out and it was rushed and it felt like, you know, you blinked and you missed it. And in that sense, I really did feel like it was kind of like the Blue Jays. Not in the sense of the plot of the film, but in the sense of my anticipation, the buildup, Hype is for who was involved, and then just, it was rushed, and blink and you missed it. Okay. Um, you must be a handful of people on this planet who have seen all four Thor movies. Yeah, we're few and far between. <laughs> yeah. You have to be I a guess select few three of the four. What, what is, <laughs> gee, wow, you, like, are you guys going to go both as Thor for Halloween, and you're going to come oh, dressed as Thor? No. 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 Like come to the studio on Halloween for us to both of you. <laughs> what we planned this? I can't. My you were supposed to be girl Thor. Real, well, real quick too. My favorite thing on Halloween was when somebody wears the most obvious costume. You go, and what are you supposed to what be? Are you just to be a dick. Okay, uh, Patrick Dumont. What's the movie that best describes the 2022 Toronto Blue Jays? Well, you know what? I I went with with Godfather Three. Okay. You know, obviously solid cast. Uh, you know, you're coming off of two of the greatest films ever made in Godfather 1 and 2. Uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, Sofia Coppola. She's it's her actorial debut, Francis's daughter. But you know what? It just it doesn't live up to the hype, obviously, because you're coming off of two of the greatest films of mm. all time. And I'm, I'm, I'm comparing the 15, 16 teams to Godfather 1 and 2. Okay. And then this Godfather 3 te- uh, movie would be the 2022 team. A lot of hype. We're gonna do mm-hmm. it, and then right at the end, it fizzles out. It's just not the great. When you, it was still nominated for best picture, still a solid movie if you're a fan of the franchise. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the other two, it's just yeah. does it just fizzles out. Uh, this movie came out a long time ago, and yeah. I don't think you guys remember when it came out because it came out way back when in 2001. But it's on like late at night, like on AMC all the time. It was a movie that I was really hyped to watch back in the day because I'm like. It was the anniversary of uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor. And when you put together such an incredible cast of Ben Affleck, Josh Hartnett, Kate Beckinsale, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., Tom Sizemore, John Voight, Alec Baldwin, what a great idea for a movie. Let's do a, a Pearl Harbor movie. It's going to be mm. great. You know who we're going to get to direct it? Michael Bay. Oh, <laughs> perfect. And this movie, it, ha- it had all the make. The trailers looked incredible. It was fantastic. And then watching this movie, and you see all these, the star-studded cast, and you're like, this, this wasn't good. There were some good parts in it. Visually, mm-hmm. looked spectacular. Like, it looked good. And then at the end, you're like, ah, I'm super disappointed. Yeah. That's what it was about the Blue Jays. 
They looked really good for big stretches. You're like, wow, look how beautifully shot this movie is. Look at the special effects. Look at the home runs. Look at Alec Manoa. Look at Vlad Jr. And then at the end, you're like, oh, man, I needed more from that. And I needed more from the 2022 Blue Jays. There was twists and there was turns, and it yeah. all rose to the exciting climax, and then that was brutal. Uh, real and quick, too. Didn't love that. Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. uh, they won at the Academy Awards way back when uh, in 2001. Uh, they won the category Best Sound Editing. Love that one. That's the only Oscar ever a Michael Bay film has won <laughs> One sound editing Oscar. That's it. Hmm. Michael Bay. Do you think he has that like in his place? Or do no, you think the sound editor Oscar. has it? Yeah. The sound editor has but it. But but do you think he's like, yeah, well, it was my movie. Yeah. Maybe. I've actually held a real Oscar. That feels like a brag. Yeah. How'd you is. do that? Uh because Miles Dale, uh Miles Dale won the uh, Academy. Remember The Shape of Water? Yes. Uh he was the producer Weird, for that. But good movie. Yeah, he was the producer of that. Mm-hmm. And uh he lived literally a minute away from the downtown Toronto studios. Oh nice. Fan five ninety. So he just came in. And, and he's then... a diehard Raptors fan. He came in with the Oscar after he just won it and wanted to talk Raptors. And I held it like just fresh off him winning it. Those things are heavy, let me tell you. And yeah. it's kind of cool. That like you watch it on so television, not now hollow? you're holding it. Not no, like uh, no, no. Not like the Con Smythe. You can't and, put it on your head like a hat. And they engrave it for you at the party after. Really? Yeah. Hmm. There you go. They're just like a, a laser engraver yeah, guy, kind of like a shoe shining I mean, this setup. Is such a brag. Yeah. I literally have a big time Hollywood producer's number on my phone. Oh, whoa! Look at me. Look at this guy. I'm so special. Whoa. All right. Uh, Flames meltdown. Uh, this is for you and you and Patrick because you guys lived through it or you've heard stories about Flames Meltdown, give me a Flames Meltdown that rivals what happened on Saturday to the Blue Jays. Like, the one that I went back to is just a few years ago. The Flames felt like they were going to draw a great matchup. They had played the Avalanche a few times in the playoffs. They had had a pretty good season. Um, But then things didn't go well. The Flames won the first game, but even though they won the first game, there were a lot of points in it where you were like, this is not going to plan. They got the win, but it was a very ugly one and then proceeded to take four straight L's. And you went, wow, this team is pretty good. And you really thought this was going to be the time they were going to push it over the edge. And then they got kicked in the teeth and went home early. So that would be the one that I kind of compare it to. Um, Patrick, what's your Flames meltdown? There's a lot of good ones. Uh, There's the one in the bubble against the Stars for sure. Uh, There's some good ones. There's uh, 1995 against the Sharks. They were the two seed. Uh, they were the scoreline. It ended up being 35-26 Flames over the seven-game series, but then just Ray Whitney, a really a rookie Ray Whitney, <laughs> beating them in uh, game seven. And in 95, that's up there. I, I, I don't want to allude to like, oh, it's got to be a Stanley Cup or a type collapse. Round 191 against the Oilers. Uh, B.O. scoring the winner in game six, and then Essa in getting the game winner in overtime in game seven. That's up there. Um, but yeah, it's got to be like a, it can't be like a Stanley Cup type thing. It's got to be like first round. So mm. I'm gonna go with there. Okay. One of those two. Um, we've opened up the phone lines too. Uh, text lines popping all morning. Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location, please. Uh, let's get to the phone lines here. Uh, let's start with Morgan. Morgan, good morning. How are you? Morgan, hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, Morgan, which way do you want to go here? Do you want to do a Blue Jays movie or Flames Meltdown uh, comparable to what happened in the Blue Jays on Saturday? Sure. Uh, I was thinking Flames Meltdown only just because, like, they had a good season, you know, uh, similar to even last year in 2015. 
and looking back at uh, they played the Ducks in the second round, mm. and it was you know they they had a good season. They were above 500, and then uh, little Johnny had only scored like two goals in that one. Hell, I think everyone had only scored like under 10 goals in that series, and there was like I remember that was just like they got out of the first round, and then it was just like abysmal afterwards so it was more of like hey let's do this and uh and then they didn't so okay i like it uh hang on the line morgan uh we'll put you Thanks. on hold you're in line to win uh, blink, blink 182 tickets you, you, you might be the winner like See, i don't know that's one that's come up but the problem is that the flames won a series that year they beat the canucks yeah. in the first round and it was one of those series that everyone looked at and went really the both of you guys are playoff teams okay sure both of you are you're probably gonna lose to the next guys but even then like I said, the Flames had beat mm. the other team. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yep. Uh, Brad, good morning. How are you? Brad, what's up? Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, which way do you want to go? Blue Jays movie or Flames meltdown? Well, George, can I think outside the box here? I'd love I'd love you to, uh, hmm. Brad. Okay. Okay. I want to go Flames meltdown, but not specifically the Flames. Okay. I want to go back to 1986. Yeah. And the infamous Steve Smith own goal. Okay. That paved the um, way for the Habs to win the Stanley Cup in Patrick Waugh's rookie year. But uh, we all love when the Oilers collapse. And, I mean, it's the beginning of the year, so let's put out <laughs> some good vibes. Okay. So uh, it's always great when uh, the Flames beat the Oilers and go on to the Stanley Cup finals. Okay. Uh that's All a good right, twist. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, let's put you on hold. And you would have enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, and that's when Wah and the Habs beat the Flames in the cup final. Mm. And then three years later. Yeah. Rematch. Got different that, story. Got that ring. Absolutely. In Montreal. Not easy to do. No, not even. No, not. They were the first team ever to win the Stanley Cup on Montreal home ice at that time. Are they still the only? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Because they've Habs the Habs only, only, you know. Well, the Lightning uh, won it in Tampa. Yeah. Game five. Yeah. The cup final a couple of years ago. Uh, let's get Close back series. to the phone lines. Uh, right now, Morgan and Brad have the inside track on Blink-182 tickets. Uh, let's get to uh, Rob. Rob, good morning. How are you? Oh, hey. Hey. It's Rob. Hey, I know. You're, hey, Rob. You're on the radio. What's up? Um, I would have to go with uh, the movie uh, Waterworld. Okay. Starring Kevin Costner, where everyone was yeah. filthy, yet they're surrounded by water? <laughs> Yeah, that's about it. Okay. <laughs> it it um it was epic at the time. It cost the most amount of money uh, to make a movie, and um, it it just failed at the box office. And um, yeah, so that that would be a Blue Jays time uh, okay. right there. All right, Rob. Uh, thanks for the call. Everybody, everybody's oh. everybody had the expectations of uh, of grandeur, and uh, mm. and <laughs> boy, that was a meltdown. <laughs> All right, Rob. Hang on the line. Thanks for the call. Uh, Waterworld. Hmm. Didn't really know about this film. Oh, Quick yeah. Google though. Yeah, this looks That's uh, from back in the day. Not good. No, it's uh, it was an absolute train wreck. Ooh, 135 uh, minutes. That's a hard pass. Uh, by the way, uh, terrible movies that cost way too much money. I dare any of you listening in the studio to watch Moonfall on Amazon Prime. It is the worst movie. It's a new movie. It's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And if you can actually sit through it, it got to a point where I was watching it with my brother that mm. this is so bad that now I'm going to make it a personal mission of mine to watch the end of this absolute train wreck of a film. Moonfall, 
the worst movie you'll ever see. I dare you to watch Moonfall if you have time. I dare you. All right, let's get to one more caller here. We'll get to some text, too. Joe, thanks for calling in. Joe, what do you got for us here? Blue Jays movie, Flames Meltdown. Which way are you going? Well, I'm going to go uh, uh, the movie, but I just want to talk a couple points really quickly. Uh, okay, I'll just go to the movie. Now, okay. Now, there's going to be the, the lead-up to the movie and understanding Rocky Four, which I think is... Uh, the best the bad best. movie of all time? No, no, because everybody's going with the best bad movie. I'm going with the scenario, and the Toronto Blue Jays are Apollo Creed. Now, Apollo Creed oh. is gets set up to fight uh, the Russian. Ivan Drago. Right? Yeah, Drago, and he's talking about, hey, this is my time to he shine. Dies, he it, dies. You know, I've got to get better. I, you know, I lost to you, but it was down to oh, one bell, and in one second, I'm coming back. That was kind of like my trailer, but wait, here we go. He fights. Everything's looking good. He's showing off. The leadoff's hype. Everybody's talking about how the U.S. are going to do an easy, clean sweep of this Ivan Drago character, and it's just going to be a laughing stock. And Apollo Creed going in, looking good, shining, smiling, and then Drago just says, enough. And uh, that was it. He kills him. He to the point of his death. And and obviously Stallone in this one is going to be the New York Yankees, as we're probably going to guess the outcome of the uh, final one. But... uh, yeah, I think that scene leads up perfectly to what happened in Toronto. The expectation was there. They all talked. They all walked. Look at me, the flares. And then, uh, yeah, they beat themselves. Okay, Joe, hang on line. That's a great comparison. Mm. I like how Joe laid it out for us there. I also like the Ivan Drago accent. Yeah. That was good. That was fun. Yeah. A little bit dies, of a flare on he it. Dies. If he dies. How much steroids dies. were uh, taken in that film? Can you quantify it? Yeah, like I, I bet you, I bet you both Sylvester Stallone, all of them. Yeah, uh, their skin was so thin uh, from all the steroids. I bet you, if he just flicked his cheek, he would have just busted open, and blood would have been flying everywhere, like a uh, water balloon. Yeah, let's get to some uh, text. Uh, Ian in Calgary, Avatar, a lot of hype, just a bunch of blue crap to distract <laughs> me of how bad it all was. A lot of good. A lot of people hate Avatar now that it's back. Hey, yeah, like, they do. when it came out, we were all pretty hyped on it, and now we're all angry. Um. Matt on the Hound, uh, 1990, Mike Krushelnitsky on uh, Mike Vernon, first round, Pavel Burry overtime, Ray Whitney, 95 overtime, San Jose. There's some good meltdowns right there. And that one, the, the crusher goal over Vernon, where he's got his glove in the ball, oh. and the puck just floats over his glove. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, Sean and Kill, uh, Killer, Killarney? Killarney. Thank you. Uh, Poseidon uh, is the movie that best describes the Blue Jay season. You got a bunch of people partying it on a cruise ship, and then Rogue Wave capsizes the ship. <laughs> it's like, whoa, this is great. Put on that home jar. Oh, no. We're down. Rogue Wave is We're a down. little blooper by Crawford into the soft spot, and all um, of a sudden, the, everyone's in the water. Grab uh, a life jacket. Uh, Steve, uh, the movie of the Jay season is Jurassic Park uh, when they underestimate the dinosaurs, and a bunch of bad decisions leads to most of them dying. Yeah, there were bad decisions. Um, we got more here. Um, Ryan and Calgary Reservoir Dwa- Reservoir Dogs. Uh, things went sideways really quick. You don't have to go too far back. Flames getting smoked by the Oilers four one in last year's playoff series. Ryan's still sour about that one. Yeah, I didn't really want to go down that road again. It's pretty raw, but yeah, that wasn't great either. I had to read this one because it kind of got my attention because my brother's name is Serge. Uh, yeah. Serge in Calgary. Shout out Serge. Uh, Blue Jays movie was Rocky 1. Then they'll do better in the sequel. That's pretty good too. All right. Uh, John Deliverance is the movie in the 94 series against the Canucks. That's popped up a lot here. The 94 series uh, against the Canucks as a absolute collapse by the Calgary Flames. Uh, again, there's 
uh, Eric and Olds, uh, The Perfect Storm, uh, Dave and Auburn Bay, Old Yeller. Yeah, oh, Dave, is that? Are you referring to my John Gibbons take? Because that's how they got rid of Gibby. It's like, oh, Gibby's great. Let's give him the wave, and then they took him back to the Rogers Center, put a couple slugs into him. They still fire him. Uh, Richard and Woodstock, uncut gems. That yeah, one ends, that that one yeah. ends terribly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, Mark and Acadia gotta be. Oh no, I can't read that one. Uh, Stephen uh, Bonus, uh, Thelma and Louise. Bonus, Bonus. Uh, Steve, uh, Thelma and Louise. Uh, who's holding the hands as they drive over the cliff? Is it Bowen Flatty? <laughs> <laughs> is like, it, is that the visual? Is, is it John, is it Schneids and Pete Walker? Is uh, it Ross and uh, Ross and Shapiro? Ross and Shapiro. Oh, see. Very good questions. Again, apologize to all the text messages, and uh, we couldn't get to. Uh, you guys are the best. Uh, you just flooded our text line. Uh, who's going to win the blink, blink? Look, can we put Joe back on? Joe, are you still there? Oh, no. Patrick Dumont just sprinted over. <laughs> Joe, you, you still there? Yeah, man. You want to win some Blink 182 tickets? 100%, man. Uh, all right, man. Thanks for uh, really painting uh, the picture with words, <laughs> comparing Rocky Four. The Apollo Creed getting killed by Ivan Drago. And by the way, Joe, that speech that Rocky gives about uniting the United States and Russia, if that doesn't give you goosebumps, and then somehow, someway, the entire crowd starts to cheer for Rocky. Uh, it's yep. just an incredible movie. Uh, hold on the line, pal. We'll get your details. You're going to Blunk. Blunk. Third time. Hattrick. Blunk, Blunk 182. 182. Enjoy Blunk 182, pal. <laughs> Thanks for this. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Uh, congratulations to band? Joe. Uh, that's it for us, mercifully, because I don't say Blunk again. Are we giving more Blunk 182 tickets again tomorrow? Well, you got tickets for Blunk all week long, Joe. All right. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Flames Bold Predictions. <gasps> and I'm talking Super Bowl. We're getting Dragon's Breath hot. Yeah, Dragon's Breath. Well, we're going to do that Friday. Well, we'll do that Friday. It's a different segment, but that level of heat. Smoking hot, bold flames takes tomorrow. That's it for us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.